Well, hello, future fans. It is good to be back. Sorry I missed last week. I was camping out in beautiful Fort Bragg, California, enjoying a little bit of both the forest and the beach because I can't pick just one. Well, we are back with a vengeance this week. We have 12 movies coming out and some of them look interesting. We have some news. We have some trailers. So what movie made it as my pick of the week? Can you guess? And what other movies are coming out? Well, there's one way to find out and that is to stay Stay tuned. This is the week of August 18th, and this is episode 54 of Future Flicks with Billion. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show, everyone. So sorry I missed last week, but I was camping. I, I did write some notes. I was going to try to do one, but it, I just wanted to relax a little more. I, I didn't want to jump right back home and get right back into it going, hey, sorry, sweetie. I know we spent a bunch of time enjoying nature, enjoying the beach, but now that we're back home, I'm just going to get back to work. No, I wanted a little more time, so I took that time. And thank you. Uh, if you came back, and you're still listening even after a week off, thank you very much. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you a little about what I do here just in case you're new. So this is Future Flicks with Billiam, thus I am your host, Billiam. On Future Flicks, I go over every movie that's being released during the week. I tell you what it's about, who's in it, and my thoughts on it. I will give the movie a score, which I call the Billiam's Interest Level Score, aka the Bill Score. This score is only based on the trailer and anything I've read about the movie. But let's start this episode with some housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. I'll catch up on YouTube, any podcast listening app, as well as Tumblr, the Somewhat Nerdy website, that's somewhatnerdy.com. Not that Tumblr's a somewhat nerdy website, but just Tumblr, comma, and the Somewhat Nerdy website. You can reach me on Twitter, at BilliamSWN, Instagram as well, at BilliamSWN. BilliamReviews at gmail.com is the email. So let me say, in my defense, we didn't miss much last week. If you're a fan of the Watch Mouth podcast, which I assume you are because, well, you listen to this show. So of course you listen to my bromance podcast buddies. The reason I bring them up is because on Dan's Arcade, they talked about the movies that are coming out, or the only two that got on Dan's radar. Those movies were The Nut Job 2 and Annabelle Creation. They didn't seem to be that down with Annabelle Creation. I really want to see it. I think it looks good. Uh, Nutjob 2 got a bigger score from Dan than I thought it would. Some other movies came out. The Glass Castle with with uh, Brie Larson and Woody Harrelson. We had Inger Goes West with Aubrey Plaza and Elizabeth Olsen. Only Living Boy in New York with Kate Beckinsale and Pierce Brosnan. And The Trip to Spain. And if you're a fan of the Trip series, you already know about that. But it wasn't a big week. And I think if I had to pick a week to miss, this was it. Of course, that's just the way the cookie crumbled. That's the way it worked out because I, I, I just picked the date we went camping. I didn't plan it around what movies were coming out because I don't plan ahead that much. So at least we didn't miss anything big. So there's that. And I actually want to see if I can do something really quick. The Watch Your Mouth podcast has a number you can call and leave a voicemail on their Google voicemail account or something like that. And they're going to play it on the 100th episode. So let's see if we can get through because I live in the middle of nowhere. Okay, let's see if we can connect. Hey, this is Billion from Future Flicks. I'm recording right now. They're not going to pick up because they said they're not going to pick up. Oh, it's too late to turn back now, isn't it? Okay, I hope we don't get disconnected mid-call. It's going to be really weird. But here we go. How, how long is it supposed to ring? I, I just wonder how long is this going to go on before it gets to their voicemail? The Google subscriber you have called is not available. Please leave a message after the tone. What's up watch your mouth hey i'm gonna pause the episode i'm recording right now just so we can save a little bit of, of this for the 100th episode i just want to say what's up i'm recording right now just want to say what the f is up all right i just paused to do the rest of the voicemail because i want to little leave a little bit of suspense like what did i say on the voicemail they'll f we'll all hear on the 100th episode that should be coming up <laughs> 
But let's get on with this show because you are listening to Future Flicks with Billiam. That's right. That's right. You are. Let's jump into our first segment, which, as always, is the news. According to The Wrap, Casey Affleck, brother of Batfleck, doesn't think his older brother, Ben, of course, will return to play Batman in the upcoming The Batman movie directed by Matt Reeves. He said this in an interview with WEEI Sports Radio, which I don't know what the hell that is. But, hey, he said it. This isn't really a surprising thing for him to say, just because there's a lot of speculation that there's already talk of replacing Ben Affleck as Batman. While a lot of us think he did a great job, it's just that the movies themselves were lackluster, the actors were good, I think that they're still going to go for someone younger, because Ben Affleck, is he's getting up there, especially to play the caped crusader. So I think they may want to get someone maybe 10, 15 years younger than him. For those of you who have not heard, and this according to Deadline, a stunt woman was killed on the set of Deadpool 2, and now Deadline is reporting that production will start again not even 48 hours after the driver was killed, or maybe up to 48. I don't know exactly when they're starting again, but this was a stunt driver that was brought in to be the stunt the stunt person for Domino. Apparently, the previous stunt woman they had wasn't good enough, or the director didn't like her that much, or something was up. And the previous stunt driver had a helmet that went under the Domino wig. So they brought in this new person. Her name was Joy S.J. Harris, and they didn't have time to get a helmet fitted for her to finish filming the scene. So she just jumped on the bike without the helmet, crashed, and unfortunately didn't make it. Production was halted right away, and this movie that's set for a June 1st, 2018 release is going to start production again while an investigation is going on with the Vancouver Police Department and WorkSafe British Columbia, who is also investigating the incident. According to Cinema Blend, The Island of Dr. Moreau is getting a remake. They already have a director in talks, and the director in talks is set to be one Richard Stanley, who is supposed to have directed the original, or I'm not sure if it was the original, but at least the 1996 adaptation. And I could be wrong about that, so because I don't know if they had started a version after 1996, but from what I'm reading in this article, he was working on the movie, but then he was fired and they brought in another director. So now he's being brought back to finish his his idea. So we'll see how that goes and if it if it's changed since 1996. Hey friends, have you heard about MoviePass? No, this isn't an ad because they don't pay me anything. But MoviePass apparently is this new subscription service where you can pay what used to be $14.95 a month and is now $9.95 a month to see a movie a day apparently, which <laughs> that's true, I need to sign up for this. But here's the problem. AMC, the one of the biggest theater companies in America, is trying to block them so people who buy this pass won't be able to use them at AMC theaters. So we'll see where that goes. All that according to Deadline. According to Slash Film, Star Trek Discovery is already planning a season two, which is good news for me, because I want to see season one badly. Star Trek Discovery season two will feature the fallout from the Klingon War. Do you remember the 80s teen comedy License to Drive? Well, it's getting a reboot featuring an all-female cast, or at least a female-driven cast. <laughs> see, License to Drive, a driven cast, oh, humor. The original starred Corey Haim and Corey Feldman, and this movie, well, has been cast yet, so we'll see where they go with that. Let's talk a little bit more about MoviePass. Uh, Variety wrote an article that went on about the pros and cons. I'm not going to dive deep into it. Let's just get to the basics. I'm going to paraphrase from their article. So remember, I did not write this. I'm just reading what Variety wrote. So advantage of it is it's a good deal. $9.99 a month or $14.95 a month. I forgot which one it is now for unlimited movies. So if you at least see two movies a month, it's already paying for itself. A drawback they say is no 3D or IMAX, but 3D is kind of going away. No one really cares about 3d anymore so that's not a big drawback and no imax how many imax movies do you really see i only see really big flashy movies on imax so i'm not going to go see annabelle creation or it on imax so that won't matter to me advantage they say there's no blackout dates but a drawback is you must buy on site as in buy the tickets on site you can't pre-order tickets for like you know the next star wars movie you can't order your tickets in advance but of course, that's a small price to pay. Think of all the movies you can see that you won't have to pre-purchase tickets for, that you can just walk up to the box office and get. 
Another advantage, they say, is that it's available in most theater, even indie theaters. Apparently, 91% of all theaters in the U.S. take this. Drawback is no premium theaters like Artlike or Landmark theaters, which is a shame because we have a Landmark theater near me and I really like them. Advantage, your conscience is clean, it says. And by that, MoviePass actually gives the theater the full amount of the money. So they are working at a loss, but apparently they're trying to play the long game, says Variety, that they're hoping in the long run to make money. A drawback, solo ticket buyers only. You can't provide tickets for all your friends. Again, not a big deal. They say another advantage is you can look back and see how many movies you've watched and when you watch them. Drawback, the app can be buggy, but of course that can always be fixed. This looks like a good deal, but now we have to wait and see how AMC is going to react to this and if their lawsuit is going to hold any water at all is that the term hold water or hold hold something whatever you know what i'm trying to say but i i really want to know what amc's problem is what the stick up their butt actually is about because according to this article movie pass will give their theaters money all the money owed to them so why then would AMC have a problem with this? I really want to know. If any of you know, before before I can look it up on my own time, if any of you know, hit me up. Let me know. A lot of news has happened since I've last uh, did an episode. So I, I don't want to go over all of it or this is going to be a full new episode. I'm just going to start winding down. Just keep the news to the latest news pictures if you haven't seen it if for some weird reason you you movie nerd have not seen it there are pictures now of cable in deadpool what he'll look like and it looks amazing does it look different from the 90s comics yes of course it does because that was the 90s but the picture looks amazing it's gonna be great i don't know who broke that story so i'm sorry i can't give credit to them and finally, in the news, the star of Split and Anya Taylor-Joy is going to team up with the director from the movie Witch, which she already had teamed up with before, to remake the movie Nosferatu. Of course, this is the very famous movie from 1922, a silent movie about a vampire Nosferatu. In 1979, Werner Herzog remade the movie, but whenever someone thinks about Nosferatu, they go back to their original 1922 film. Well, that's it for the news. Did I miss any huge stories you think I should have talked about? Just hit me up. Let me know what I missed and what you want me to talk about. Now let's jump into the first trailer trove in two weeks. Here we go. Avast and welcome to the trailer trove. First off, we have a trailer for the Meyerowitz stories. This is the Adam Sandler movie that if you remember a couple of months back, actually, I mentioned that this movie got standing ovations at all the film festivals that it hit. This movie looks really good. It looks fantastic. Besides Adam Sandler, it stars Ben Stiller, Dustin Hoffman, and Emma Thompson. I personally can't wait. The Netflix did pick this movie up, but here's my question. Since this is a big one, since this is a movie that's already capturing critics' attention, will this movie be released in theaters first and then on Netflix, or will it be a dual release? That, that is the question, my friends. There's already been buzz about this movie being up for awards. Oscars anyone? Who knows? Will we live to see Adam Sandler get an Oscar? Maybe. Maybe. Next up in the trove is a movie called Molly's Game. Got a trailer. This stars Jessica Chastain, Kevin Costner, Idris Elba, and Michael Sarah. Yes, Michael Sarah. I put his name in there with all of those other amazing names. This movie looks fantastic. This comes from the brilliant mind of Aaron Sorkin. So you know there's going to be a lot of very smart back and forth dialogue, a lot of talking, a lot of intrigue. This is about a woman who used to do the books for a illegal gambling joint and eventually got too good and was fired. Then she started her own, made the biggest underground gambling syndicate or group or whatever in America, had movie stars coming by, Michael Sarah maybe even playing himself. I don't know. I haven't looked this up yet. And then she gets caught. And then she goes to trial. Idris Elba is her lawyer. And this looks really good. Check out the trailer. 
And we also have a trailer for a movie called Rememory, which looks really, really good. And I cannot wait for this one. This stars Peter Dinklage and the late Anton Yelchin. Anton Yelchin doing a fantastic job. And while it's obviously him visually, he acts nothing like he has in any other movies, proving once again what a tremendous loss to the acting world his death was. Of course, his death was a loss in general, but think of all the roles we're never going to get to see now. Just think of all the amazing roles he could have done. Think about the awards he could have won. But this movie, his final performance, it looks really good. It's about this person who can, who found a way to erase memories or, or you can view, review memories, rememory, that's right. So you can view memories again. So this person found a way to dive into a person's head to view their memories again. So if they want to relive something, they can see it. Well, this person gets murdered. Peter Dinklage is a friend of them or of that person's really wants to figure out how it happened. So even though he can't get into the mind of the dead guy, he can look into the records of all these people that he rememoried. That's a word. And so it's a murder mystery, sci-fi murder mystery sort of thing. It looks really good. Well, that is it for the trailer trove. Before we jump into the movies, let's take a break to listen to a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Stay tuned. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! Yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast, Someone to Read a Comms, Nerds in the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. All right, welcome back, everyone. So before we jump into the movies, I just want to say that two of the movies this week I've talked about before on the show. One of them I even did a full spiel on and gave a rating. And this, I just want to use this as a time to tell you how enragingly, mind-fingingly, hard it can be sometimes to find out all the movies that are coming out not the big ones of course but the indie movies or the movies with limited releases because those sometimes will appear on like imdb sometimes they won't sometimes they'll appear on movie insider sometimes they won't sometimes they'll be mentioned in entertainment weekly sometimes they won't and sometimes they'll only pop up on any of these sites after the week has happened so right now imdb the website shows seven movies coming out The app shows five movies. Only three of those movies are the same. You can't trust the website and you can trust the app just a bit more, but I still need to check other sources. That's why I still get things wrong, which as you'll, as you'll see in this episode happens once in a while. So for you, for my listeners, for my future friends, I always try to be as accurate as I can. And I pride myself in being accurate a lot. But this week is proof that Billiam, your wonderful host, is not perfect. Well, let's jump into the first movie of the week, which is a movie called Deuces. Deuces is the leader of a very successful crime ring. He's looking at his biggest score yet, but needs some help. Unbeknownst to him, there's an undercover cop who wants to get in on it and take him down. This stars Lorenz Tate from Rescue Me, Megan Good from Saw 5, Rotimi, I think is how you say it, from the TV show Power, and Rick Gonzalez from a few episodes of Arrow. This is a movie that's already out on Netflix. So why the f*** am I talking about it? Because it's getting a theatrical release on August 16th. So not even on a normal release day. This is getting a two-day jump on the competition. But why? It's not going to help. Why put it out at all? No one famous is in this. And there's no hype for it. It has poor to mediocre ratings. It has a straight-to-VOD quality. And you can watch it for free anytime as long as you have a Netflix subscription. 
I know the theory. Someone at Netflix thinks that some money can be made by putting this out in theaters, but guess what? This isn't the type of movie that will benefit from a theatrical viewing. This is a crime drama with a subcategory of gangs and undercover cops. That's not a genre that usually does well in theaters, even when there are big names in it. For those of you who may be new, please know that I know you don't need to have big names or flashy visuals to get a good movie. But with a movie like this, those things would have at least helped. I don't understand why I'm talking about this movie. I obviously missed it the first time around when it was released on Netflix. So why are we talking about this again? Because this is Future Flicks and I talk about all the movies coming out. So guess what? Skip this movie's in theaters. As a theatrical release, it gets a 1 out of 11. But here is the score for the movie as a whole. Keep in mind that you can watch it on Netflix. Deuces gets a 4 out of 11. And yes, my friends, that does imply that how you watch it does affect the score. But before we get into the regular releases of the week, so Deuces came out two days before the regular release date. It's actually already out by the time I post this. So before we talk about those, I want to talk about a movie called Six Days, and I want to do so briefly. So why briefly, you may ask? Because I can't get a solid confirmation on the release date. Google says it's coming out this week. Movie Insider says it's coming out limited release. IMDb has no release date for it. So just in case it's coming out, just in case something about this movie interests you, I'm going to mention it. Six Days is about the events of the hostage situation inside the Iranian embassy in London and the standoff that happened while a negotiator was trying to race the clock to get a peaceful end to it as the SAS were planning an attack. This stars Mark Strong from Kingsman The Secret Service, Jamie Bell from Turn, Washington Spies, Abby Cornish from Limitless, and Martin Shaw from Inspector George Gently. If you don't know that last show, don't worry. It's a British show, and according to Anne, they have a lot of shows that have inspectors in the title. Inspector blah blah, Inspector Fuzzy Lumpkins, Inspector Buttface McGee. I don't know. If it's not Inspector Clouseau or Inspector Gadget, I really don't care. Okay, there are other inspectors that are cool, but... I couldn't think of any off the top of my head. This film looks good, and it'll be interesting to see this movie version of the events. I don't want to spend more time on this because I don't actually know when it's coming out, like I already said. Three of my four sources disagree on when this is coming out. This looks like a good, tense, historical action thriller. If you watch this, you'll see an entertaining movie, but this is nothing to put on your must-watch list. If you stumble across this one day, you'll enjoy it. But if you miss it, you really won't be missing out. It'll be fun, but not fun enough to warrant any effort to see. Six days... If it's actually coming out, it's a 6 out of 11. And the next movie is another one that has such a limited release that I'm going to skim over it, but I didn't want to skip it just in case someone really wants to see it, and lived near one of the cities that's going to show it. This documentary is called Sidemen, Long Road to Glory. This movie is a look into the lives of Pine Top Perkins, Willie Big Eye Smith, and Hubert Sumlin, who were the sidemen to the legendary Muddy Waters. This film captures some of the final interviews with them before they died in 2011, as well as some of their final performances. If you're going to be interested in this movie, then I've already told you everything you need to know. Nothing else I can say will change your mind one way or the other. This film is going to be about people who should have been legends in the blues community but fell into obscurity after their band fell apart. People know Muddy Waters. People remember Muddy Waters. But who the hell are these other people? They were really good. Like, my father loves Muddy Waters. I am familiar with the music. And so I know that these people are good. But did I know their names before this? Hell no. They deserve something. And this is the least of what they deserve. But you know what I say about documentaries. You either care enough about the subject matter to watch it, or it's an awesome enough nature documentary or science documentary that it warrants a theater watch. All other cases, you're going to skip it. But it's coming out in so few theaters that I'm just going to name all the cities that are going to get it. Here we go. If you live in New York City, Nantucket, Hudson, Detroit, Schenectady, Key West, Sedona, Philadelphia, Columbus, Ithaca, Stony Brook, Cleveland, North Hollywood, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Fall River, Maitland, M-A-I-T-L-A-N-D, wherever that is, Las Vegas, Bridgeport, or Waterville, this movie is coming your way. Anywhere else, you're not going to get to see it. Sidemen, Long Road to Glory, gets a 5.5 out of 11. 
Next up is a movie that's also getting a limited release, but I'm going to talk more about it because of the fact that it's also coming out on the internet on the same day. That movie is called Dave Builds a Maze. Dave builds a maze in his apartment while his girlfriend is out of town. When she gets back, she finds what seems to be a small cardboard fort, but what she learns is that it's an intricate maze that's a lot bigger than it looks. So big, in fact, that Dave is lost inside. Together with some friends, they must go into the maze to find him. So like I said, just like Sidemen, this is getting a very limited release. There are a few more theaters, actually, and international ones. So I'm not going to go over all of them, but just know that you can go to the Dave Made a Maze website to find all of the release dates, as well as purchase it. We'll get into that a little later. This film looks pretty funny. It's done with all practical effects and stop motion animation. This is probably the most original comedy of the year and most original comedy in a while. And while it doesn't have anyone famous in it, that doesn't stop me from wanting to see this. This is a perfect example of the fact that you can make amazing movies, or at least good movies, without any big names in it or a big budget. Like I said, this looks funny, and I think this will fall in with the likes of the Broken Lizard movies. A comedy with a lot of character. A movie based on a dumb idea. A dumb idea that they turn hilarious. Since so you can watch this at home right away for about the price of a movie ticket, that may affect if some of you want to see this or not. In fact, this is a really good idea for the makers or creators of this movie to do. They can't get a wide release, why not make it available for everyone on the same day? Why pay the same price for a theater movie if you're going to watch it at home? Good question. Maybe you don't want to do that. I still want to see this, but with a movie like this, I wonder if I'll ever see it on a streaming service like Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon Prime, or if an iTunes purchase is my last hope. This is the kind of film that if you have any interest in seeing it, you should just make an honest-to-God note about it because guess what? It may fall into obscurity within a week or it could do really well and get a wider release in theaters. But guess what? If it does fall into obscurity, you may never think about it again and you could be missing out on a movie you may enjoy. So if the movie interests you at all, make an effort to see it. This is getting a theatrical release in just 18 cities, but it's available on iTunes on the 18th for $9.99 in standard definition or $12.99 for HD. Also to purchase from the website on DVD for $15 or Blu-ray for $18. I'm not going to put the website in the show notes because guess what? Google. Dave Made a Maze gets a 7.5 out of 11. We have two movies left before the break. The next movie is called Shot Caller. A man is sent to jail after his friend dies in an accident, and to survive, he joins a prison gang. Once released, he's forced by the leaders of that gang to orchestrate a major crime against a rival gang, or his family will pay the price. This stars Nicolaj Coster-Waldu from Game of Thrones, John Bernthal from Daredevil, Jeffrey Donovan from Burn Notice, and Lake Bell from Children's Hospital. This is a movie that I swear I've talked about before, but I can't find it anywhere in my notes or in any of the hashtags I've put when I posted it or anywhere. If you, my loyal listeners, my future friends, know which episode I talked about this in, or if you know I'm just going crazy and you're certain I've never talked about it, let me know. Hit me up in the comments, tweet me, email me, just get in contact with me. Let me know. Anywho, this movie looks dark and depressing. There's no light at the end of this movie's tunnel. This movie will leave you feeling like there's no hope left in the world because it's about prison and it's honest about prison. This isn't like, let's go to prison where it's a comedy. No, this is going to show you how, how terrible it can be and even give you a hint at how someone can go there for a nonviolent defense or just some random dude can go there for what was, in this case was an accident and come out a full-fledged murdering gang member. Does this happen to everyone? No, of course not, but it does happen and that's scary. Prison is already a scary place, but especially when you put dangerous gangs into the mix, and this dude made a dumb mistake and is paying for it in the same place as all of these other psychopaths. This film follows this guy as he goes into prison, some boring-ass dude, and slowly becomes a hardened gang member covered in tattoos, even goes on trial again for murdering someone in jail, and then finally gets out. This is going to be a good movie. It's going to be dark, but good. The acting looks good. The writing looks good. It looks like it's overall going to be good. But do any of us want to see it? That is a question that all of us have to answer. It could be an easy question. 
For others, it's going to be a little more difficult. But that's the problem with movies like this. Dark movies. Real movies. It could have some fantastic acting in it, which it looks like it does. Amazing cinematography and a legendary director. It doesn't have those last two. I mean, the cinematography looks okay and the director should be fine, but... If it's super heavy, that doesn't drive people to see it. Movies like this, no matter how good they are, no matter how must-see they are, will always suffer because no one wants to watch sad like that. When a really up movie comes along that breaks the mold like Schindler's List, then people rave about it. Yeah, that's a heavy and real movie about the biggest atrocity in human history but it was done so well that you just have to see it anyway. This movie doesn't look like it comes up to that standards. This movie does look good, but not that good. And no, please don't think I'm comparing being in prison to the Holocaust. So put down your pitchforks and torches. I was just using Schindler's List as an extreme example because it was the first dark and depressing movie that came to mind. But Shotcaller, Shotcaller is going to be a brutal and heavy movie with great performances from everyone involved and it may even be worth a watch on streaming, but not in theaters. If you watch this, have a happy movie or funny movie set up in your queue just to get the taste of sadness off your tongue. Shotcaller gets a 6 out of 11. And the final movie that I'm going to talk about before the break, I talked about on episode 49, and that movie is called Patty Cakes. Patricia Drombowski is an aspiring rapper who goes by Patty Cakes, or Kill a P. This movie follows her journey as she begins to chase her dream of becoming something more than she ever thought possible. This stars bit part actress Danielle McDonald and Mamorodou Athi from The Circle. Mamorodou. I think I said that right. I mentioned this the first time, and I think it warrants saying again that when I first saw the trailer for this movie, or when I first just saw the premise, I thought it was going to be a comedy. We have a heavyset white girl trying to become a rapper. That has comedy written all over it. But writer-director Jeremy Jasper decided, no, I'm not going to go the easy route. I'm going to make an interesting story out of this that just happens to have funny things in it. If you want to get a feeling for what this movie is like, just think of 8 Mile, but better. What I like best about the trailer is that it showed her rapping, and I'm not sure if that's really her if they're doing a voiceover or not, but it, it was good. I really hope that this movie dives into how prejudiced and closed the rap world can be. Do you remember when Eminem was starting to become big? Do you remember how much people shot on him just because he was white? Do you remember when the Far East movement released Like a G6 and how that song exploded, but they got a lot of because they were Asian. Parts of the rap world can be very prejudiced and really closed off to anyone else entering who doesn't fit the mold of what they think rappers should be. That's why people like Iggy Azalea and Macklemore are equally hated and loved. Back to the movie, this is going to be an inspirational movie, and yes, dreams can be chased, anyone can fulfill their dreams, but can she? That's the question that I'm wondering now. This seems like an inspirational movie, it seems like she's going to have her big day, but of course she doesn't have to. This movie can go the pessimist route and have her fail. Even though this movie really interests me, even though I was excited for it back in episode 49, I still am not going to put much effort into seeing it. I just realized now that I'm going to have to wait longer if I want to see this on any sort of streaming service because it didn't come out when I thought it did. But ladies and gentlemen, please put this on your list. Please put this down as something to at least check out, to at least give it a shot should it ever come into any of your subscription services. Patty Cakes gets a 7 out of 11. And now, my friends, it is time for the final break and the words from our last two friends, the Watch Your Mouth Podcast and the Uncorked Gamers. We'll be right back. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever interneting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall -wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that f***ing jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth.
I'm Dan. I'm Jeff. And we're the Uncore Gamers. Have you been looking for a video game podcast where people don't get insider knowledge, where people don't have access to games early, and they're just everyday Joes like you? Is that the same podcast that I've been looking for where sometimes we don't even talk about video games? That's right. This is the Uncore Gamers, the gaming podcast where we talk about games when there's gaming news. If there's not, we don't try to half-fist game stuff into your throat. We'll talk about things like the 90s. Parenting. And and the 80s? And the 80s. (laughs) All right. So if you're looking for a video game podcast where people make bad decisions just like you do in your everyday life, check out the Uncore Gamers. We're all just a bunch of scumbags. So remember, if it isn't about video games, we'll find a way to make it about video games. All right, and we're back. Next up on this week's list is a movie called Marjorie Prime. Marjorie is old and misses talking to her deceased husband, so she uses a holographic AI that looks and sounds just like her husband to fill that void. Her family becomes concerned as she becomes more and more attached to it. This stars John Hamm from Baby Driver, Lois Smith from True Blood, Gina Davis from A League of Their Own, and Tim Robbins from The Shawshank Redemption. This movie is based off a play by playwright Jordan Harrison, and I swear to God, if he wasn't inspired by the movie Her, then he's a big fat liar. Okay, no, I'm not calling this movie a ripoff or anything, don't worry. This sounds like a very original idea. I just get the feeling that this was inspired by Her. Uh, This film has one of my favorite old crazy ladies in it, Lois Smith. If you've never watched True Blood, you would know her as Meg from Twister. When a movie or a TV show needs a woman who plays a really good baddie old lady, then they pick Lois Smith because she's really good at it. She can make you laugh and then she can hit you right in the feels in the very same scene. But you know what this is? I've already mentioned her. This is the love child of her and that episode of Futurama called I Dated a Robot. That's all this is. This movie looks good with John Hamm doing his best impression of Michael Fassbender from Prometheus. Alright, I just. John Hamm does a good job. In fact, everyone looks like they do a good job. It's just that John Hamm's character in this, or part of it, reminds me of Michael Fassbender from Prometheus. It's the same kind of cold, emotionless delivery. But in this one, Ham has the upper hand in playing both the husband from the memory where he gets to emote and then the cold AI. This just looks like a good movie. This is an interesting idea with a good cast, but unfortunately this doesn't have the benefit as being as well sold as her. This is a true indie film that not many people will know about. This isn't going to do well in theaters. The only way this is going to get many viewings is if Netflix gets it or Hulu or one of the other services. That's really it. Well, okay, there's one other way. If it blows up on the indie scene and gets bumped up to the bigger theaters like Moonlight did, then this will get big theater time. As of now, this has a limited release, but even if it does come to your area, I think you should think twice about watching it, just because it there are better things to do with your theater time. All, right, all of you know I always say things like this, but I want you to understand why. It's because I assume that if a movie really resonates with you, you are going to see it whether or not I give it a great score or not, or whether or not I say it's a theater movie or not. But what I want to do with my time on this show is tell you what I think the best bang for your buck in the theater will be. And yes, a lot of the time it is a flashy blockbuster just because you don't get the same effects and sound you do at home than you do in a big theater. But if you watch a movie like this at home, it's just going to be the same but on a slightly smaller screen. (laughs) Slightly smaller. I'm sorry, you don't have huge ass TVs on a smaller screen. Let's get jump back into the movie. Artsy sci-fi movies can be really hit or miss. It could hit big and be a great, unique idea that hits on all the right notes, or it could be too obtuse and try too hard to be artsy and fall short. I think this film is going to be more of the former and less of the latter, but there's always the chance, and that's why movies like this, limited release, artsy, indie films, are always going to be a risk. I've made the joke before on the show that if you're the type of person who loves those movies, you probably don't listen to Future Flicks. But if you do, if you do, let me know. Tell me, in your opinion, why movies like this are still worth a theater watch. And then I will share with the dozens and dozens of future fans. If you want to experience a good original idea on the silver screen, then maybe keep an eye out for this one. If not, then pass and watch this on streaming, because this is worth a watch. Marjorie Prime gets a 7 out of 11. All right, folks, the next movie on the list is a movie called Gook. 
Camilla is a streetwise black girl who hangs out at a store owned by two Korean brothers. It's there that she sees the racism between the two groups. When the Rodney King verdict is read, a riot starts, and as the riot spreads, the three of them want to defend the store from the wave of violence coming their way. This is written, directed, and stars Justin Chan from the Twilight series, and also stars relative newcomer Simone Baker, Curtis Cook Jr., and David So. I'm so torn about this movie. I, I really am. I, I want to recommend it because it has two Asians starring in it, and it's written and directed by Asians, or an Asian, by J Justin Chan. And you all know how I feel about Asians in cinema. But this looks like it's going to be one part really good and two parts artsy bullshit. First off, this movie's in black and white. Why, you may ask? Good f***ing question. Could it be to show that the only differences between these two groups of people are the color of their skin and yet they still hate each other? Could it be to show the cold and unfriendly world of the post-Rodney King Los Angeles? Or is there no really good reason at all? No one f***ing knows. I want to know why Chan chose to make this black and white. Because in this day and age, I truly believe that hardly any films need to be in black and white. Schindler's List, which I, which I already mentioned this, this episode, Yes, that movie deserved it. It was great. That added to the drama. It added to the movie wonderfully. The re-release of Logan in black and white? No. No reason at all for that. It is stupid. The other thing that bothers me about this film and makes me want to sh** all over it is that this really does look like artsy garbage. Like, like they're tryhards for indie films. There are some really good scenes in the second trailer, but the rest of it, as well as all of the first trailer, left me scratching my head going, what the hell is this film actually about? I had to read the synopsis to learn what the film is about. And that brings up the fact that a lot of people these days complain about trailers and how they give off too much or give away too much of the plot. And how sometimes you can be in a theater going, oh, is this character going to die? Well, no, because I saw this scene in the trailer that they haven't gotten to yet with her in it or him in it. So no, they're probably not going to die in this scene. And that really could take some of the suspense away. But with movies like this, when you when you are done watching the trailer and you have no idea what anything's about, then it, it goes too far in the other direction. We need to find the perfect medium. I bet you that one of the main characters is going to die because why the f*** not? We can't have an artsy indie movie without some death, right? Something tragic has to be forced down our gobs to show how brutal and honest the film is. Because that's the only way, isn't it? No, it's a lazy person's way out. I'll give this movie a shot if it ever comes to some streaming services I subscribe to, but I won't feel bad if I miss it because it never does. This looks like a good idea that was poorly executed. It looks like Justin Chan had a really good idea on his hand, and when he went to film it, he just f***ed up. Could this be a sleeper masterpiece that just had a woefully terrible trailer? Of course. But the trailer is always a huge part of the movie. It gets people in the theater. So the trailer did nothing for me. And because of that, I cannot recommend this movie to anyone. For this, wait for the reviews to come in from your average moviegoer. And if it seems to be overwhelmingly positive, then give it a shot. If not, skip this and don't think about it again, ever. Gook. It's a four out of 11. Next up is a movie called Lemon. Isaac's girlfriend leaves him and his life slowly begins to fall apart. Yep, that's it. This stars Brett Gelman from The Other Guys, Nia Long from Empire, Michael Sarah from Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, Jillian Jacobs from Community, and Judy Greer from Ant-Man. And welcome, my future friends, to what could be the most painfully awkward comedy of the year. I still don't get the appeal of these movies. Like, what the sh** is so great about watching someone making terrible decisions that end in cringeworthy moments? Nothing. Not a damn thing. Nothing is good about that. This movie looks like someone's idea of a comedy if that person has never told a joke before. This was written by the star, Brent Gelman, and also written by the director, someone named Jen Janixa Bravo. Yeah, Janixa Bravo. Both of these people look like comedy could have been in their jeans, but they decided to wear slacks instead. And that, my friends, was a stupid joke that seems way funnier than anything this movie has to offer. 
If you thought movies like Little Miss Sunshine and Juno were pinnacles of cinematic comedy, then maybe this film could be mildly entertaining to you. Because yes, those two movies, awkward comedies even though they were, are still, I think, good enough that it breaks the barrier of people who hate those types of films. But if you loved those movies, you think, yeah, this type of comedy is for me. If Steve Carell, when he still did comedy, if all of his socially awkward movies just did it for you, then maybe this is for you. But even though I hate awkward comedies, I still try to look at films with an open mind. But even with me doing that for this film, it still looks shitty. Not a single thing about this story screams watch me. I don't know which of the writers had this idea but they should have tossed it. The only thing funny about this is that it's called Lemon because that's exactly the kind of movie it is. Do not see this movie. Do not even watch a trailer. Skip this at all costs. Lemon gets a zero out of eleven. All right we have one movie before we get to the two biggest ones of the week and that movie is called What Happened to Monday. In the future, the world is overpopulated and anyone who has more than one child has all but one child put into a cryogenic sleep. A group of identical septuplets is born and for years they manage to avoid the government, that is, until one of their own goes missing. This stars Numi Rapace from Prometheus, Marwan Kenzari from Ben-Hur, Willem Dafoe from John Wick, and Glenn Close from the TV show Damages. What we have here is a dystopian thriller with a touch of sci-fi. And you know what? That's a pretty nice combination. This time, though, it feels like we have the love child of Black Mirror and Orphan Black, which, again, sounds badass. The thing is, this one just feels okay. It has all the elements for being a movie that should be right up my alley, but it feels mediocre. Like, it's not worth a trip to the theater. But here's the good news, movie fans. This is a Netflix release, so you will be able to stream this on day one. That's right. No lines at the theater for you. No ass using the cell phone as the movie is going. No crusty douchebags talking. It's just you and your couch. That affects my score. It really does. It affects it a lot. A new movie coming out that I can watch at home without being a pirate? Count me in. I would have skipped this film had it come out in theaters, and it would have received it about a five. But now I'm intrigued and it bumps the score up a little bit. This film looks like a sci-fi original movie, not quite Sharknado level, but just take it a step up. Or at least of similar quality to that. And that's not really a bad thing since this isn't a theatrical release. If it was, then I would be shitting all over the look and feel of it because I believe that you should only go to the movies for certain quality movies. And yes, I am a snob when it comes to that. I love a lot of movies, folks, but I do have standards. Even though this film does have a unique idea, it still feels basic. I couldn't shake the feeling that the movie would just be okay. I don't think I'll hate it. I don't think it'll be terrible. I just don't think it's going to be very good. I like the actors in it. I like Numi Rapace, but she did nothing for me in this trailer. She was boring. Of course, that wasn't her fault. That could have been the trailer person's fault, as they obviously didn't hire trailer guy because I don't have a huge raging boner for this. Willem Dafoe and Glenn Close were just playing themselves, which is what I really expect from them at this point. And Marwan Kanzari, I know nothing about him, so I don't have much to go on. I really don't remember him from The Mummy, which is the other movie of his I saw. This film is going to be a basic dystopian thriller with mild sci-fi aspects to it. It won't be great, but it won't be bad. It's a perfect movie for Netflix and a perfect movie for a night in. What happened to Monday? It's a 6.5 out of 11. All right, friends, we have two impressive movies left for the week. And the first movie, and the one that is not my pick, is The Hitman's Bodyguard. The world's top bodyguard gets a new client, an international hitman who is set to testify in court. He must protect the hitman, someone who's tried to kill him in the past, and get him to court safely and on time. The stars Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson, and Gary Oldman. And folks, if you do not know who those three actors are, then stop listening right now and go watch some damn movies because you are embarrassing. These people are cinema treasures. This movie looks really good. And not let, not that it's an actual good movie, but because it looks ridiculous and very self-aware. And we all know movies like that can work out really well, especially with an action comedy. 
We have Ryan Reynolds playing Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson playing Samuel L. Jackson. So characters that we are familiar with, they are familiar with, and that they can do really well, throw them in a movie with a plot that they have done before. You know, they've they've done action movies before and comedies before. And my God, we have gold here. This movie looks really good, and I am actually surprised that it isn't getting my pick of the week, and that's because the movie that does get my pick of the week looks just a little better. Will this be a two-movie week for me? I don't think so. I'm not sure if I can squeeze it all in, but this is going on my list. This is going on my list of movies to hell actually buy when it comes out, because this has all signs pointing to it being a great movie. What more do I really need to say? What more can I really say? You've seen the movies these people have been in. They are great. Is this movie some wonderfully original movie that's going to blow minds and get Oscar nominations? Hell no. No, it's not. It's not even going to stand out as being anything amazing except for the fact that it looks hilarious and fun. And ladies and gentlemen, when you go to the theater, is there anything else you really need? No, no, there isn't. This is what you need. A movie to go to see that's going to be fun, that's going to be enjoyable, that's going to leave you smiling, that's going to make you laugh, that's going to show you impressive visuals, big explosions, a movie that you're not going to have to truly think through, one that you can just 100% zone out and enjoy. Do we want to watch movies sometimes that have really deep meanings, that have deep, awesome plots? Yes, we do. Of course we do. Everyone wants those. But there are also times where we want to go to a theater to be entertained, and this is that kind of movie. This movie chose a good time to come out, normally a good time, but I think it should come out last week, just because it would have. I think it would have done a lot better against Annabelle. I actually don't think this movie's going to make a lot of money. I, I, Like I said before, the summer blockbuster season is over, even though this is a big movie, the season is done with, and this film is just going to do okay. It's going to make up a lot of its money in the after-theater market, but right now is when it's coming out, and if you want to see a movie in theaters, put this on your list. This movie is also one part spoof, one part spoof on The Bodyguard. If you remember that movie with Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston, that was really good. One of the trailers even used the song I Will Always Love You from The Bodyguard in its trailer, 100% admitting to the fact that they know exactly what they're doing. And that is why I trust this movie. That is why this movie is getting the score it does. I could have kept this segment to three simple words and then given my score. And those words are watch the trailer. That's all you need to do. The Hitman's Bodyguard gets an 8 out of 11. So you may be asking yourself, what movie beat out The Hitman's Bodyguard? What movie looks better than that? And my friends, that movie is called Logan Lucky. The Lucky Brothers aren't exactly that lucky. One of them just lost his job. The other has a dead-end job at a bar, but together the two hatch a plan to steal money from a local motorway that has a lot of cash flowing through it come NASCAR time. In order to rob the motorway, they need the help of a convicted bank robber, so the brothers hatch a plan to get that robber out and to get the money in their pockets. This stars Channing Tatum from 21 Jump Street, Daniel Craig from Skyfall, Adam Driver from Star Wars The Force Awakens, Riley Keough from Mad Max Fury Road, Katie Holmes from Batman Begins, Sebastian Stan from Captain America Civil War, Hilary Swank from Boys Don't Cry, and Seth MacFarlane of Family Guy. This is brought to us by Steven Soderbergh, the one who bought us the Oceans series, Oceans 11, 12, 13, who brought us Traffic, as well as Magic Mike. This is a heist movie, and I have a gigantic hard-on for heist movies. This is a heist movie that's a comedy. So I am just busting through my denim jeans. Okay, that's a lie. I'm wearing shorts, not denim jeans. But if I was wearing denim, I'd be busting out through the denim because I am so excited for this movie. This film doesn't have a bad actor in it. Some people don't like Channing Tatum. Those people are wrong. Seth MacFarlane, I may not like his work as far as Family Guy goes. I may hate his shows, but he's good in whatever he does. And this movie actually shows him playing a character different from the one he usually plays. Hilary Swank, that's a name that had been climbing up the rankings for a long time and becoming a bankable movie star. And now, not so much, but it's good to see her again. And if you haven't watched the trailer for this yet, I suggest 
highly suggest you watch the trailer just to listen to Daniel Craig's accent. It is phenomenal. And in the trailer, what I love best about this is how well it looks like Channing Tatum and Adam Driver bounce off each other. They work really well together. They are the pairing I never knew I wanted. Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill were a pairing that I never knew I wanted, but now we have Channing Tatum and Adam Driver. Guess what the common denominator is? Channing Tatum is awesome. And Adam Driver is a truly malleable actor. He can go and play Kylo Ren. He can be this amazingly evil character. And at the same time, while he's playing this evil character, show how he's still just a troubled child. And then he can turn around and be in a movie like, I believe it was Midnight Special he was in, and just show us all these different levels and different roles he can do. This is a movie that I've been excited for ever since I heard about it. Steven Soderbergh is a really good director. He's a good writer. He is very reliable. His movies may not be amazing. Okay, Traffic was amazing, but the Ocean series weren't amazing, but it's it's a good series. It's fun. If you watch it, you just sit and you enjoy yourself. And this is going to be a movie a lot like that. This is going to be a hick version of Ocean's Eleven. And, and I love the idea. The trouble with this one is that it's not going to get as wide a release as the Hitman's Bodyguard. So if you want to see this, you may have to look for it a little harder. So keeping that in mind, if you cannot find this, definitely go see the Hitman's Bodyguard. This is a week everyone should be going to the theaters because there is so much out right now, even in the wake of summer blockbuster season. If you missed some of the blockbusters, some of them are still out in theaters. Catch those while the theaters are empty. But these two movies look really good. And I guarantee it, if you go and see these movies, you will have a good time, unless you hate comedy. If you hate laughing, skip the movies this week. Actually, better yet, if you hate laughing, then go see Lemon or Shot Collar. Boom, done. And then save Dave Made a Maze for Home. There, you have your week planned. You are welcome. Your week planned thanks to Future Flicks with Billiam. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to repeat myself more about Logan Lucky. It looks really good. It looks like a hilarious movie with witty banter, great characters, and a good idea. It may not be the most original idea out there, but it's still a good idea. Logan Lucky gets a 9 out of 11. And with that, my future fans, that is the end of the show. This is a long one because it was a big week for movies and I had quite a bit of news and some trailers to talk about. And I made that call to watch your mouth. So you know what? We're, we ran a little longer than we normally do. But I thank you for sticking around. And I, as always, thank you very much for listening. Whether you are, you are a return listener or you're brand new, thank you very much. And without further ado, let's wrap this up and get into the question of the week. Last week's question was, what was your favorite Stephen King movie? And we did get an answer from our friend Critter at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast and the Watch Your Mouth podcast. He is a star on both of them. And here his answers. He actually answered the question before last, too. So here's what he said. My favorite blockbuster movie of this year. Obviously, Spider-Man was dot 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 amazing or spectacular. I see what he did there. But it left me wanting. I wish I had a bit more ridiculous web-slinging like the others. That was always fun. Guardians of the Galaxy was also great, but clearly a second movie setting up for more to come, which I fully agree with. Wonder Woman was awesome as well. Great story, great action. Gal Gadot was super hot, but was kind of preachy. And anytime they talked about the Greek life creation story, it makes my science brain fart. And I have trouble accepting something other than evolution. However, loved all three. He goes on to talk about the sleeper hit that totally satisfied him was Baby Driver. I love heist movies. Me too, buddy. Me too. I love car chases. I love dope soundtracks. This had all that and a cool story. And here's his answer for last week's question, or two weeks ago's question. Needful things for the Stephen King movie. I liked how seemingly innocent barters for things led to mass chaos throughout the town. It's interesting to see how easy it slips into violence, even for a sleepy town of close neighbors and friends. Here's an interesting bit of information. Needful things is one of 11 works of Stephen King that are set in the city of Castle Rock, or the town of Castle Rock. Those movies include the, sorry, those works include The Dead Zone, Cujo, The Body, which was later turned into The Stand, Uncle Odo's Truck, which is a short story from The Skeleton Crew, Mrs. Todd's Shortcut, also from The Skeleton Crew, The Dark Half, The Sun Dog from Four Past Midnight, Needful Things, 
It Grows on You from Nightmares and Dreamscapes, Premium Harmony from The Bazaar of Bad Dreams, and Gwendy's Button Box, which is a novella of his written this year. So all of these movies take place in the same city and they're all tied into each other just either by the city or share characters. So that's pretty that is pretty cool when he does that. So we need another question of the week. And I'm I'm tired. It's been late. I've had a long day, a fun day, but a long day. And let's be lazy with this one and just say that the question of the week is what is your favorite heist movie? There's really no other criteria. It just has to be a heist movie. So what is your favorite heist movie? How do you answer that question? How do you reach me? That's a great question. Let's get into the housekeeping and wrap this puppy up. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, Tumblr, and any podcast listening app, as well as a somewhat nerdy website that's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars or like or whatever it is that the way you listen to me allows. Please leave a comment. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what I need to improve on. Also, please share the podcast with your friends let them know that is how future flicks grows is by word of mouth how do you reach me how do you answer the question of the week great question leave a comment for me on the somewhat nerdy website or facebook page leave a comment on soundcloud hit me up on twitter at billiam swn instagram tumblr and the beer app untapped billiam swn there as well email me at billiamreviews at gmail.com be sure to check out the somewhat nerdy radio and nerds of the squared circle podcasts also on the somewhat nerdy podcast network don't forget the Watch Your Mouth podcast, My Bromance Buddies, also the Uncorked Gamers, a podcast that I'm on from time to time. I haven't been on for the past few months, but I'll get back into it. Be sure to check out Big D's Movie Hunter on YouTube. A good friend of mine started a YouTube channel. Please check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy, signing off. I'll see you in the future. <laughs>